0: G'day, and welcome to season two of the Far North Leadership Podcast. I'm Jeff, and in each episode of the podcast, I interview a leader from the beautiful city of Cairns in Far North Queensland. It's called the Far North Leadership Podcast for that simple reason, because it features leaders from a variety of sectors across the Far North. I don't know about you, but every time I meet a leader or I overhear a leadership conversation, it helps me grow. So enjoy the conversations, and I hope you find something that applies to your life and your leadership in every single episode. In this episode, I interview Sharon Lowe. Sharon is the Regional Manager of Children, Youth and Families for Churches of Christ in Queensland here in North Queensland. As you'll hear in the episode, she's currently pioneering a new project and partnership based here out of Cairns for the Cape and the Gulf regions, but she's normally based in Townsville. Sharon has been a leader in the sector of children, youth and families for many years with government and organisational roles. As part of Churches of Christ in Queensland, they're on about bringing the light of Christ into communities, and Sharon leads the way in our region for children, youth, and families. I spent time with her recently on one of her trips to Cairns. Well, thanks so much for joining me, Sharon. Thank you. That's great to have you here. Now, uh, you are my first guest from beyond Cairns. We're really branching out and uh, we're not going to play into any of the rivalries or anything at the moment, but tell us what was the mood like in Townsville in the days leading up to the flooding in February this year?
1: Well, initially the um, flooding was happening in the north of um, Townsville and it was in sort of isolated pockets and, and people were keeping an eye on it because obviously I'm concerned for our community members. But um, when the major flood flooding happened on the, the Sunday night, it was quite unprecedented and um, actually being affected myself. I can um, remember walking down the waters coming up the drive um, in all the, the homes in the street and um, we just watched the water recede again and we thought, everything was fine and then it was shortly after that that they said that they couldn't hold the floodgates any longer the water going over the top so um, that had actually meant that um, people were making decisions earlier to leave and then some were leaving it to later um, and we'd we'd, um, waded out through waist high water about um, mid-afternoon and there was still some people that had left it too late and had to be evacuated um, into that evening and towards midnight so um, I think generally we were just caught off guard
0: yeah wow it'd be quite scary and uh living in north queensland you know that waist high water often has animals in it
1: (laughs) it does and things floating
0: yes Yes. let alone what you know is happening to your home Hmm. um how are things now some five months later
1: um it it's been slow progress um I actually had seen an article um, posted today where um the homeowners in the Adalia area are talking about um being kept in the dark and not knowing what's happening and actually tomorrow is the first day that we actually will get to talk to the builder about what he is going to do to our home wow. um the the stripping out of the um some of the ceilings and some of the walls still hasn't been completed so I'm hoping tomorrow morning I might get some answers so I can feel the pain that um, some of those others are talking about, um, just not knowing what's going on.
0: Yeah, wow. Do you say water in the ceiling? Is that from rain or from floodwaters?
1: Um, It was from rain um, coming down sort of over, because the rain was so heavy, um, we had some leakage through the ceiling, um, and the rest of it was the the floodwaters going through the whole home.
0: Wow. Amazing. What, do you remember what they've, they've said about it being kind of a, a one in a hundred, two hundred, or two thousand year flood?
1: Yes, they, they were talking initially one in a hundred, and then later on I heard one in five hundred. So. Wow. Um, I'm assuming there'll be also some investigations into why that actually happened and how it might be mitigated going forward.
0: Yeah, in regards to the release from the dam. Wow. Well, we're here to talk about leadership as well. Um, Tell me, just as a broad concept, what does leadership mean to you?
1: Um, I'd like to think of leadership as inspiring and influencing others, like um, working towards whatever the common goal is and um, taking everyone along, everyone having a role and um, just leading that to happen.
0: Awesome. That sounds sounds good. (laughs) i follow a leader like that. that, What does leadership look like on the ground for you? What's your context?
1: Um, As one of the regional managers, we've got... um, four across the state. Um, Actually, currently we've got two acting as well because um, there's so much work happening that um, uh, we've got a couple of acting regional managers to help us with the workload. So um, I'm seeing in that context, it's about um, different leaders having different styles in different environments. And it's about identifying the strengths of different leaders and um, using those strengths to progress the work that needs to happen.
0: Right. So within your area, in in your region of North Queensland, the, the leaders that report to you, you see quite a variety in their own styles. Is that what you're saying?
1: Absolutely. Um, and my colleagues. So um, my colleagues being the other regional managers, as well as um, the service managers that operate in different geographical areas that have a, a suite of different services that they are responsible for. Interesting. As
0: you think about either your, your colleagues who you don't, aren't really in a position to, uh, to make a judgment on necessarily, but your mm. own team, how do you figure out what kind of behaviour is, is normal but is slightly different from yours and what kind of behaviour or, or actions maybe need to be adjusted that aren't helpful?
1: Mm. Children, youth and families have been a little bit progressive in the way that we um, have operated um, when it comes to leadership. And one of the things that we um, have done is used a couple of different measures to or tools to um, look at the different personalities or leadership styles of workers. Um, And I have, um, in my group, I know um, one of my leaders is actually a... um, very relational type person so she uses relationships to actually progress the work that it is that she needs to do whereas I've got others that are, are more the conscientious and um, the people that just make things happen that do the follow-up and and finalize things and and make that happen whereas mine is um, an influencer type personality um, with a, um, a futuristic type um, second personality trait <laughs>
0: interesting I, I can definitely see that from um, the the experience I have of working alongside you you're always thinking about what's possible and the future and what's next hmm. how do you how do you have influence over your team when they're spread over such a wide geographic area
1: it's about keeping in regular communication um, communication obviously to um, any leadership style is key Um, so keeping people informed about what it is that I'm doing and what I'm working in but um, working out what it is that they're um, working on at that point in time the things that are going well the things that aren't going quite so well and um, just walking them through so that regular contact and by regular I mean like every couple of days I would generally talk to the service managers in my area. Um, having said that, um, I'm currently, um, being given the opportunity to go off and, um, just look at the CAPE, the new CAPE fostering and Kinship Care Service and the Gulf Fostering Kinship Care Service. So um, that one of the service managers that works with me has actually um, stepped up into an acting position and she's covering the, the remainder of um, North Queensland while I've been given the opportunity to really focus on that until um, mid-August.
0: Wow. Are you enjoying that new kind of pioneering role as opposed to, to managing what already exists?
1: Yeah, so it's a, a brand new role and it's about our partnership with RATSIC. RATSIC is the Remote Area Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Child Care Organisation. So um, they've operated for some 25 years in um, the Cape communities, um, initially as a recognised entity, um, but that role has changed, but they have a suite of programs that they offer. So they're well entrenched in the Cape communities, um, which has meant that we've easily transitioned into there. So we have um, some services um, or some areas that have Ratsik workers, so Lockhart River, um, Napranam, um, Pomperau, and Kawanyama will all have um, a Ratsik worker, and we have three workers for the CAPE that are based in Cairns being a team leader and two senior fostering case workers. So um, later on, we'll have um, a similar setup um, based from Mount Isa, covering the Gulf.
0: Great. So, come August, the the plan I presume is for you to move back to your regional manager role.
1: It will be, yes. Yeah.
0: And then will uh, will the team leaders here in Cairns and and based out of Mount Isa report to a different service manager? Is that the idea?
1: That will be the idea, yes. So there'll be a service manager who the team leader for um, the Cape will report to golf will be a little bit different because we're using the existing team leader that does fostering for Mount Isa and they will report to the existing Mount Isa service manager
0: yeah that's cool have there been any surprises for you kind of stepping down a, a couple of layers in the organization in, in a sense to mm. begin this new work any any things that have surprised you or, or helped you you think as a regional manager
1: um, in respect to help me um, we have an amazing um, group of support services um, and And something that surprised me has been the um the technology and um, difficulty in getting reception in communities mm. and the systems that we have developed are so compliance-driven that we often use our databases or or technology to assist us to actually um, do that work and do the work well. So um, when you're up in communities and you've got one bar and you can't access database systems and that sort of thing, that was a bit of an eye-opener because everything that we have um, is based on our database system. Um, and in any other areas across Queensland, there's generally... Um, reception and ability to get onto those systems remotely but in some communities that's not quite so easy so um, there are solutions and it just means that we need to um, be a bit innovative and and make them happen so it would be without all those supports that um, this job would have been a lot harder so I'm very grateful to them all.
0: Yeah that's great I guess that's the one of the benefits of being part of a statewide organization that's that's large to have all those support services. Um, As someone who's been in regional Queensland for a number of Years, what do you think statewide organisations that are often southeast Queensland centric could do better to um, to recognise their workers right across the state, especially in regional areas?
1: Hmm. I think that um, as North Queensland has actually been a centre of growth, and um, Brisbane-centric um, thinking has changed slightly so um, I think that there's starting to be a, a look for how workers work in the regions and um, what needs to happen to be able to support those workers in their work in the regions um, but I think that it is something that we need to keep reminding them of and 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 just keep being the squeaky wheel um, to make that happen because it is easy to sit in Brisbane and only think about what happens in Brisbane or think about what works in Brisbane or in the southeast corner will work in areas and including those um, rural and remote and isolated communities.
0: Mm, yeah that's a good point even down to the practicalities of visiting the different services is impossible (laughs) (laughs) at least within a day or two's drive
1: yes and last week I was in Weeper and um, it was nearly a full day of getting on planes and off planes and waiting and getting on the next plane and then off the plane just to actually get home
0: yeah wow Hmm. Uh, tell us about one of the best leaders that you've ever met
1: well I'm I'm going to change that a little Mm -hmm. and um, I think one of the best leaders um, would be Paul Keating Okay, and the reason that um, I think he's a great leader is there were lots of decisions that he made at different times that um, didn't have the backing of everyone so there were decisions that he had to fight for so it's easy to be a leader if um, you're doing what everyone wants you to do. Um, But being a leader at times when you're taking an unpopular view because you know it's right can be really difficult, and um, I admire that.
0: Yeah, have you had the chance to meet him before?
1: Um, I have been at a function and and (laughs) seen him from a distance, but (laughs) yes, no, I haven't met him.
0: But you've been able to observe that that courageous leadership from a distance in his life? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. What is one of the hardest things about leadership for you?
1: Uh, Like I touched on, I think it's the fact that sometimes you need to do things that you know aren't popular decisions, but you know that they're the right things, whether it be um, a way of doing business better, or whether it be that um, it will better support the clients that we work with and often the clients that we're working with are the most disadvantaged in communities and quite vulnerable people so um, sometimes those decisions are about making life better for them and um, bring some lightness.
0: Yeah how do you o- overcome that difficulty of knowing that not everyone agrees with the decision that you have made or about to make how, how do you help overcome that within yourself?
1: Um, sometimes I don't think it's about within myself um no it's just about a job that has to be done Mm -hmm. but it It's about communicating and about making sure that you're giving information so that people understand why decisions are being made. Also about what steps need to be made and progress of what's happening along the way. Um, If people aren't liking decisions, then um, understanding them can sometimes alleviate some of that and um, then bring them along and and get everyone again focused on that common goal.
0: Yeah. Do you find it easier to make decisions that might go against, say, a, a close member of your team, a direct report or something, uh, because you have the opportunity for that relationship? Or do you find it easier if, uh, if they're kind of not so so close? Does that question make sense?
1: It does. I think that it's always going to um, be easier to make decisions with people that um, you don't have a close relationship with. Um, So um, all my service managers have been with me for approximately seven years. Um, So any decisions that I make, um, I obviously do have some level of relationship with them. So they are always the harder ones If they're not um, on board with whatever that decision was, but I've been blessed that um, generally they do understand why um, some of the decisions that are made have been made. Mm,
0: That's good. And because, as you said, you're in contact with them every couple of days, at least, you know, you have a good, hopefully trusting relationship with them. Yes. Yeah. Um, Am I right in saying that you've been part of Churches of Christ in Queensland for about a decade?
1: Um, not quite, okay. nearly um, 2011, early okay. 2011.
0: Yeah, so uh, eight years or so.
1: Hmm.
0: How How do you think you've changed as a leader in the last 10 years, so just before joining this organisation and where you are now?
1: Um, I have had the opportunity to do some study on leadership. So um, prior to that, it's, um, it's a a situation where you're um, having um, you're delegating tasks, you're just making sure that work happens and I think that um, very new people into the role tend to be managers and manage uh, the work that needs to happen Um, and it's as leaders um, mature and or people um, become leaders that you realize that um, it's not just about management, it's actually about leading and about um, and bringing everyone along and inspiring people.
0: Mm, yep, so not just kind of giving out tasks but more of the why behind it and casting a vision and yes. helping people move together. Yes, mm. absolutely. What are you uh, most proud of in your achievements as a leader?
1: As a leader, I think I'm most proud of the fact that um, I convinced the organisation that um, we should go into this partnership with Ratsy. Mm-hmm. Um, we are working on a partnership model so it's a a new process that has happened um, previously in New South Wales but it is new to the sector in Queensland so um, it is something that um, hasn't been done before it's something that's being watched closely by government um, and to determine if they can replicate it um, and both um, Churches of Christ and Rancic want to see it work um, and I believe it will. Um, so it's just a totally new way of doing business because at the end of um, about five years, we'll actually hand over um, the control of the program to RATSIC. So it's about developing their capacity and working alongside them um, so that they will be able to actually take on that role and then we'll exit from um, that particular um, program, not the partnership, but the mm. program.
0: Wow, that, uh, in my understanding, represents one of the best things about the the values and the essence of Churches of Christ in Queensland to be able to partner with others, play well with others, uh, but not have to own things or control things. Yes, that's fantastic. Uh, what about the future? Do you have have hopes or dreams for for the future?
1: Um, I would just like personally um, to work in the future to continue to um, do things innovatively and and lead, and to lead the sector, not just the the people that report to me, but to actually um, be someone that um, comes up with innovations and new ways of doing it that are better Mm -hmm. and more progressive than what we've done before.
0: That's exciting. It is. (laughs) Do you have any particular uh, thoughts about the future of the safety and protection of children and vulnerable people, especially in, in light of the Royal Commission into institutional child abuse?
1: Yes, um, there's a lot of work that needs to happen, um, and I guess one of the reasons that I'm most—I uh, feel most passionate for some of those. Um, more remote Indigenous communities is the over-representation of Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander children Mm. in the child protection system in the youth justice system and obviously um, with the inquiries that have occurred we've got a large number of the children that were abused in institutionalised care were Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people and um, something needed to happen and it is
0: yeah which is good long overdue but it's happening it yeah. is. Now, at the end of any given day when you're going to sleep at night, what would constitute, constitute a good day for you as a leader?
1: A good day as a leader um, is um, just ticking off some of the, the tasks that I wanted to get done for the day, but I think the really good days are days where I've had the opportunity to sit and think about the future and, and brainstorm and work on what the future will look like.
0: And that's an exciting day. It
1: is.
0: (laughs) Thanks so much for your time,
1: Sharon. Thanks, Jeff.
0: Sharon is so articulate about how she leads and why good leadership is so important. Now, I know I can resonate with what she said about how it can be hard to make decisions sometimes and how important it is to communicate clearly and openly with people before, during and after the decision. Thanks for listening into this conversation. I trust you found something in this episode that applies to your life and leadership. In this season of the Far North Leadership Podcast, I'll release a new episode every month. All you need to do is subscribe on your favourite podcasting app and each new episode will appear when it's released. If you find this helpful or interesting, please pass it on to a friend or a colleague and maybe you'd even like to leave the podcast a review on your podcasting app.